Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Morning Crew. I'm Kathy. I'm Kelsey. I'm Matt. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is super exciting. Over a year in the making, seeing kind of a vision come to life, and I really just can't believe it, especially over these last three months. Um, It's been such a journey to try to find these amazing co-hosts and finally start this podcast together, and just, as I said, super excited to be here. I went through kind of the journey of just posting this podcast idea in another podcast group called Scrubbing In, which I don't know if any of you guys heard, but that is a great plug for the Scrub Sisters. And we are so excited to know each other from that group and come together um, to join and actually start our own podcast. So I am so happy to have other Scrub Sisters with me that are doing this project here together. It feels like a great community already, and I'm hopeful that It'll just be the start of a new one. Absolutely. And I'm so excited to finally be here and doing it. We've been working on this for a while now, so it's nice to finally all talk and get together and get to start launching this thing. And you just know it came from a Facebook post in a group. I don't know about you guys. I don't even check Facebook that much anymore. So the fact that that day I happened to check and I see this post of somebody being like, hey, I'm trying to start a podcast about grief. I'm looking for some millennials who are willing to talk about it and just feeling like it was very eerie and that it all kind of came together so beautifully. But Kathy, I know you've been working on this for a really long time. Like I remember thinking like, I should just message her, see if she's serious. And really quickly, I was like, oh, she's serious about this. So like, do you want to talk about your process? Because you took this whole thing with so much attention to detail. Yeah, I want to know how many responses you had to your to your post too. I know that was your whole thing. Yeah, so, well, thanks for even talking about what this is. This is a grief podcast, and yes, we're all here together with that common thread, but yeah, it was definitely a process, um, and Scrubbing In wasn't the only Facebook group that I posted in. It was a bunch of different Facebook groups, some alumni Facebook groups of programs that I was involved with and some women networking groups that I was involved with. So it really was just not even just a scrub sister thing, but it all happened to come together like that. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I didn't even know that. that contributes to the overwhelming response, which I think was really beautiful to see how many people wanted to be a part of something like this and kind of give back and also talk and share about what they their experiences are, what they have gone through. It kind of just speaks to the space that we're really entering and that there is a need for this. So I think I had a, almost an overwhelming, like over 30-ish interviews where I kind of went through and just kind of got a sense of what everybody's vibe was and trying to understand if we would really – vibe on a podcast and what our communication style was, what their communication style was. And honestly, like just through that experience, it was great to get to know people and understand so many different other aspects of grief that I didn't even know about. And so I was learning through that. And then just understanding how people have been dealing with it, coping with it, and whether or not they wanted to talk about it. So I think also I will say that a lot of people 
think they want to talk about it, but maybe don't actually will talk about won't actually talk about oh, it. Interesting. That is interesting. Um, and that was something I had to learn too, which is totally fine. And I hope I really do hope that some of those people are here listening today. Um, and hopefully this can just kind of serve as almost like another therapy session for them where they don't have to do the talking, they can just do the listening. So that's kind of like one of the biggest goals I had um, when I was kind of coming up with this idea. Definitely. That's great. I know, obviously, we're all here to talk about our stories and our experiences. So I think if it's okay, I'm, I'll just start us off with kind of my journey with grief and what kind of brought me here. Um, so I lost my father when I was 12 to throat cancer. And so I was a very young age. I was literally a tween. So I was just entering puberty. I think I literally got my period the same year that my dad died. So that was great. <laughs> so many hormones. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was probably... <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't enough to deal with. Uh, yeah, so that was great. I'm sure my mom was stoked about that as well. <laughs> um, I'm an only child too, so I don't have siblings. Um, however, I will kind of toot my horn in a sense of that I don't feel like I have only child syndrome, which I'm air quoting right now. Um, and I think that's a lot of that is due to losing my dad at a young age. I kind of had to grow up faster and get a little bit more mature at an earlier age. So. That's kind of what brings me here today. I'm from LA. I am 27. I am a marketing manager and entertainment. I currently live in LA, but TBD where I'm at by the end of this year. So stay tuned for hopefully a move <laughs> that I make by the end of this year. Um, and just kind of my story with grief is I probably, I'm the one here that has lived with it the longest and by no means do I say I've had the hardest time I just mean the longest time and I think something that has always caught my eye is one of those I think it's like a I don't know if it's a meme you would call it I don't know how funny it is but it's one of those pictures where people describe grief as like this really large ball in the jar that you think is going to shrink over time but instead you just have to figure out how to grow around the ball like it does not leave your space and it doesn't become smaller and so I think that's been my biggest like takeaway and just kind of when realizing it's been 15 years like it does not go away and there are times that you think maybe you should be over it a little bit more or you should have gotten past certain things but it honestly hits you in different waves unexpectedly throughout your life and so I'm kind of here to speak on that and I know you guys maybe have a more recent loss that each of you can talk about but that's kind of what brings me here so I have to imagine that then not only are you dealing with grief and you're not only dealing with growing up, like you said, you were literally and getting your period and getting your period <laughs> and, you know, figuring out what college you're going to. That's such a, a young age where you have so many big life things happening. Yeah. And obviously from 12 to 15, from 15 to 20, you're having such big changes and just imagining you having to deal with the grief and like shifting around that as you're changing so much have to have been 
such an added challenge. Yeah, definitely. And I can and will probably speak more about kind of those formative years and what kind of helped me, what didn't help me, and kind of reflecting back. Like, I was so young. Thankfully, now I'm in therapy and I'm kind of like revisiting some of those years and dealing with it. So I am excited to get into that, dive a little bit more. But for now, I'm going to kind of pass it off to you, Kelsey, if you want to kind of share what brings you here. Yeah, so I my mom passed away pretty recently, eight months ago this past June. Um, originally kidney cancer, she was diagnosed 12 years before that. So she had been battling cancer for a really long time. And for most of those years, we always would say, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know based on her attitude, her demeanor, the way she approached everything. Um, and she that's the way she wanted it, right? She didn't ever want to be looked at as a cancer patient and she didn't look like one. Um, she was always, you know, the most positive, loud, happy person in the room making everyone laugh. And it unfortunately wasn't until towards the end that it, it did get more serious. But, you know, we do thank our lucky stars that, you know, we got those 12 years because Kathy, like looking, looking at that, like that, you know, that age. And so when I hear your story, I think about that. And I was 25 when she passed away. Um, and that's still young in the scheme of things, but you know, it a more so closer to the adult side of things. Um, family's super close and I have been fresh in the process of how do you talk about it and realizing how hard it is for everyone else to talk about it when you haven't experienced this. And so when I saw your post, Kathy, I was like, wow, yeah, this feels like something that I want to do and I'm passionate about. And it kind of ties into what I do. I'm I'm now 26. I live in San Francisco. I'm from Salinas, a couple hours south. But in San Francisco, I work in sports marketing and video production. So this overlaps a bit with what I do anyway. Um, had a little bit of background of like on-air media type thing. So I don't mind the talking publicly, air quotes. Um, <laughs> but I feel like one, the combination of, like I said, knowing people don't know what to say and so badly want to say the right thing or so badly want to be there and so badly want to help and don't know what to do. I feel like having a podcast like this where we want normalize talking about it. It's not Voldemort. It's not this big, scary thing that everyone's going to crumble if you bring it up. Um, and of course, it depends on situation and your relationship with that person but wanting to normalize it and creating a space, like you said, Kathy, for other people to listen and take in. It's cathartic. Um, and then one thing, I don't know how many of you or you guys watch Ted Lasso. Um, yes, but I, obviously. Okay, good. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Okay. So 100%. we love Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso watched it like the first season, like three times, long story, different people I was watching it with. But what resonated was, I think it was the end of season one when they lost the big game and Ted is giving his inspirational speech and he's like, you know, there's one thing worse than being sad is being sad and alone. And at least we can be sad and together. And I just think that sentiment translates to this podcast. Like we've said, or Kathy, I've joked with you. It's a really shitty club to be a part of having lost someone <laughs> you're really close to, but it is a club. And I've found in these eight months, some of the more comfort talking to people who've been through something else. So that's high level my story and situation and why I wanted to do this. I want to ask you, because you were talking about your mom, you said we. Do you mean you and your dad? Do you do you have siblings? What's your, what are, who'd you go through this with? 
Yes. So me, my dad, my sister. So the four of us were as tight as it can get. Um, all of our names start with the letter K. So just like think of that level of cheese and all the comments about the Kardashians. <laughs> like the Kardashians. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I had a dollar for every time somebody said that. Oh my God. I swear they did it first um, or before the Kardashians got big, but just that level of closeness and, you know, all the no drama, like love being around each other, doing all the activities, the sports, the trips. And, you know, started with such a strong foundation my parents set and so beyond lucky I had that as an example. And then also so lucky to have a sister that I am really close with. She's three years younger than me. And Kathy, I, I give you so much like respect for having to go through that without a sibling. And I know you don't know any different. So maybe in your mind, you're kind of like, eh, yeah, I had my friends and my family, but I do feel like I No, had... I get a little bit jealous. You do? Here. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> fair, fair. And honest and honest, because I do feel like my sister and I leaned on each other a lot to have those, those talks and those moments at the end. And to be able, as we've talked about, like, it's okay to make jokes. You sometimes have to laugh because otherwise, how else are you going to do it? And we were able to have that you know, the dark humor or bond and have that experience. So that was something in the experience that um, helped. And I do feel fortunate, very fortunate to have had. Um, but Mads, now want to toss it to you and why you're here. Well, the sister is a great transition because I also have a sister. Um, she's two years older than me and she's one of my best friends. Her name's Kennedy, so she could be a part of your K club. <laughs> oh, um, I love a good K edition. <laughs> Fantastic. Join her to the Roth house family. Um, <laughs> So, yes, I am from the Midwest. I'm from South Bend, Indiana, which is about an hour and a half, two hours with traffic from Chicago. Um, right now, I live in Wilmington, North Carolina, so the opposite coast of my ladies on the screen. <laughs> um, but it's fun because it's crazy to me still that, like, it's 10 o'clock here and it's not that, you know, it's different times for you. But um, I, I have lost um, both of my grandpas now. Um, one, which is the first person that I've ever lost, um, was from unexpected causes. And that was kind of a game changer for me because I had never lost anyone before. Um, I know people are like, oh yeah, you lose your grandparents. That's just kind of what happens. And that is kind of sadly what happens. Um, I just wasn't prepared for it. And I think that there's a lot to learn from passing, from that kind of, that kind of feeling and just having um, to deal with that grief, especially when it was an unexpected situation. Um, since then, both of my grandpas have passed away. Um, and I think that part of why I jumped on Kathy's post was because I, with reflecting on it in the past few years, I kind of, I mean, we'll go into it more, but I kind of blacked out and I didn't really know how to talk to people. I didn't want to talk to my dad because he had lost his father and I didn't want to talk to my sister because she had also lost her grandpa. And so it's just kind of dealing with it can feel really isolating. And I think that um, along the same lines of your Ted Lasso quote, one of my favorite quotes is we walk each other home. And a lot of the things about life with whether it's stress, grief, happiness, joy, um, graduations, weddings, we all kind of go through very similar things. And it's funny because although we're all very different and it can all seem really isolating, we all have similar feelings and thoughts and um I'm kind of an open book in that way, whether it's, you know, grief, mental health, whatever's going on. And so I just kind of think that any time to open up the conversation to something that seems on quote unquote taboo topic is really important. 
And um, I've always kind of thought that a podcast would be fun. Similar to Kelsey, I have a media background. Um, I've worked in TV and radio. And so I just kind of thought that'd be kind of a cool thing. But I also wanted to make a difference while doing it. And so I thought if we open up the floor to talking about grief and mental health and other things that are typically not spoken about, it might be kind of a cool um, kind of a cool way to, to express and work through some stuff while also opening up and creating a community um, with you guys. So it's it's kind of fun um, to talk about and kind of have a group that you could talk to these, how the, the waves come through and there's so many different things about grief and so many ways to unpack it. Um, and so it, it's kind of, not fun wasn't a good word, but same as like, you know, you laugh at the memes. It's just kind of a good a good thing to talk about and a good thing to, to be open about because I feel like even if one person gets help from talking about whatever, um, hearing, listening, however it goes, um, if one person feels seen or heard or that they can process through some some tough life things a little bit easier, I feel like it's worth it. And so that's kind of why I jumped on that, the post and why I've worked and I'm happy to be here with you guys right now. Definitely. And that's very well said too with the, I feel the same. If, if just one person listens and it resonates with them, I'd want to know with you guys, Kathy, I'll start with you. If you had a podcast like this when you were younger and back when you were 12, podcasts weren't a thing. Let's call it (laughs) like early, late high school, early college. How do you think that would have helped you? And what kind of things did you look, what kind of things did you look to for support? Because like you said, Mads too, it can be so isolating. Yeah. um, And I think, unfortunately, because of my age, like, even more so isolating like I didn't know a lot of people obviously I I shouldn't knock on wood have known a lot of people that have gone through that so yeah I think having like a show or a podcast if podcasts were cool for teenagers which I don't know if they are these (laughs) days but maybe there's a teenager out there that's listening um but yeah no I totally would have listened I totally would have taken any advice that I could have gotten at the time I will say and shout out to if anybody from this group listens I had a high school support group um that was consisted of other people who had lost uh, either a parent or a sibling during that time. So that was super helpful for me and just kind of, if anything, the only resource that I was kind of using at the time. But I will say as I've gotten older, I think like funny videos and books, like I'm someone that really likes to learn about the terms about grief and like the research about it and all the stages of grief, like everything around that um, has really also helped me personally. I know for other people, like you don't like to read, that's totally fine. But like one example is the Option B book by Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant completely changed my life in a sense and um, has even helped me help others with grief. And I think that's another thing that has been so difficult too is like I've navigated my own, but then I've also had to learn how to support others as somebody who has gone through it. So just a lot of different resources for a lot of different situations, but I think those have been the ones. I don't know. What have you guys kind of leaned on? Kelsey, I'm curious. I was going to say, I was curious to see what you were going to (laughs) say. Okay. Okay. Um, So I'd heard about the Option B book. I actually watched her interview with Oprah pretty soon thereafter talking about the book. So I feel like I know the high level 
notes. And I remember talking about it with my dad and it was something that resonated with us. And, uh, you know, life's so funny. I, I've started following different social media accounts that talk about grief because it's like, okay, I'm on Instagram. We know I'm on Instagram or Twitter or wherever and finding those accounts because it's like, I've just felt comfort again and realizing I'm not alone in this. Other people, while every situation is unique, of course, other people are going through the same things and can define, like you said, the vocabulary and defining those layers. And I'm in therapy too, and that is helpful, but more in my everyday life. And I've been able to connect with people in my life now who have lost somebody also, or whether it was before or like after, who are in similar situations and having conversations with them. I feel like has been really helpful. Um, Brene Brown, um, obviously is great and a, a good resource too. And I've been reading her new book kind of, which is all about identifying and labeling all the different emotions we have and going into the grief section and all of that has been really helpful too. It's just, yeah, it's like, God, it's something that's running in the background in my mind all the time and yeah. letting people know, like, I can operate as a totally seemingly normal, same as always person, but it's running in the background all the time. So it's like, I want to feed the fact that that's always running. And of course, sometimes it's in the forefront, but it's in the background always. And I think one thing that came from that Cheryl Strayed interview, not Cheryl Strayed, Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg interview that um, in referencing the book is... You know, people will say, oh, I was really scared to say something. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to make them sad. I didn't want to remind them of it. And her response was, I guarantee you they're already thinking about it always in some way. So you're not really reminding them about it because they never really forget it. And sure, pick the time and place if you're happily like partying somewhere and someone wants to tap you on the shoulder, <laughs> like sure, have some basic social cues. But by and large, you know, if you have that relationship with someone knowing that it is something that's always going on. So I've found at least when people will be like, oh, that song really reminds me of your mom. Or I thought about your mom yesterday or like, oh my gosh, sent a picture. I'm eating these cookies. Your mom used to make these cookies. Like that type of stuff personally makes me happy. Um, but yeah, kind of piecing that together since I'm so new in this world and so new in reentering the world after it. Um, but Matt, what about you and, and resources or things that have been helping? So it's interesting, and I kind of passed it over to you as a cop-out because I think of resources, and I was like, well, I don't know any resources. And I know I mentioned it when I was kind of explaining my story, um, and I'm sure I'll mention it a thousand more times. But um, when that first feeling of grief hit, I talked to Kathy about this a lot. I blacked out. Like, I don't remember. Like, I really don't remember. Like, I remember my dad telling me, and I remember, like, I got sick. Like, I threw up outside. And then I, I called my best friend from, like, 20 years. And I don't remember. Like, I don't. I Which is don't. really common, by the way. This, yes. like, blackout feeling. I've heard it um, happen to, like, a bunch of other people. My therapist has validated me. And, like, a lot of clients of hers, this has happened. So. Um, thank you. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, I, I haven't really talked about it. But it's kind of that feeling of um, blacking out, not really being able to talk about it. And, like I said, I mentioned, like, my dad was going through it and my cousins that I'm close with were going through it and my sister was going through it. And I'm such a relational person that like I lean on my people, but everyone that I lean on was also going through it. And so I was like, it's, it's detrimental, um, that I, I am so relational, but my people are my people and that's really my resource for everything. So to a fault. So when, when I was going, when I was dealing with these feelings, I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about it. 
Um, and it turned into, you know, me not being able to sleep at night and me needing to go on medication to sleep and kind of dealing with this whole process of things. And I don't think it was until, I mean, I'm in therapy as well. And I don't think it was until a year after that I was able to actually sit and like realize that like there's a I can't watch Cubs games right now and that's okay like it's okay that I can't because it reminds me of my papa and like things like that but I almost felt I guess guilty isn't a good word but I felt like I had to also take care of everybody else so like what was the like why you know like we all had papa so why would I talk to any of my 20 other cousins that were also dealing with the same thing because my relationship with him wasn't any more than their relationship with him was any more than obviously my, he was my dad's dad so he's got to be hurting more and I had this feeling of like dad's hurting more because it's his dad so I can't feel this hurt because it's my grandpa and people expect grandpas to die and I kind of went through this rabbit hole of that and so I sat with it by myself for a while um, which obviously turned to be detrimental um, as well but I really felt like I couldn't openly express it or I didn't even know that there were resources I didn't even know that I could look up books and I didn't even in in that mindset I wasn't thinking about that I wasn't trying to read I wasn't trying to do anything like I very vividly remember like my my stepmom my now stepmom um at the time like took me to TJ Maxx and was like you had to wear something like what do you want to wear and I just like picked out the first black thing I could find and she took me to get my nails done and she was really good at like being there to be like you're going to be in front of all these people feel pretty and do this but besides that I didn't really feel like there was there were many resources or things for me. And I think that that's something I struggled with pretty badly. And I, I've, I've learned since then, because my first papa passed away in 2018. Um, and so in the last few years, I've kind of learned and it, it made it a lot easier. Um, still tough, but made it easier when my grand- other grandfather passed away recently. Um, but it was just, like I said, it was things, and even still to this day, sometimes that happens. Like sometimes I think that like, I, you know, a song will come on, like the song that he was, that was playing or something that reminds me of him. And I almost feel like it's, it's hard to share because I don't want to, you said, Kelsey, that you like saying like, Hey, my, I'm making these cookies that your mom used to make, but I'm almost like, I don't want to tell my cousins that I heard the Frank Sinatra song because I don't want them to then be sad. And so I kind of, um, like I said, to a fault, I'm always kind of thinking of other people, which sounds like I'm like, Oh, I'm such a good person. But in reality, like it's not, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, I struggle with that because I feel like I don't want to bring anything up that would hurt other people. So when I had the grief, I kind of bottled it all in until I almost like exploded and had to, you know, like I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't really do any, anything. Um, so I don't really have any good resources that I used. Um, and that being said, we said, would you, I kind of, when you asked the question, I kind of thought like, would you listen to this podcast? Um, and I didn't really say it in my intro, but I also want to be transparent that we are going to talk about really rough stuff and shit's going to get real and it's probably going to be sad sometimes, but also like, it's not some dreary, like we're going to be sad for 45 minutes every other week and talk to you about it. And you know, like we'd, I don't, I know for, for instance, and I'm pretty sure that we've talked about this with Kelsey and Kathy as well. Like, I don't want this to be something that's like a dreadful, like sad girl sitting around having a <laughs> glass of wine and crying. Like, although we are going to process through some shit, um, I also want to make sure like just for the listeners, like they know that like, we're going to like, it's not, all gonna be this like unpacking therapy session every week <laughs> although it, it's gonna be some of that but it's also gonna be some laughing and memories and talking to other people and just kind of trying to figure out how we can you know be a better community and be better people for next time things happen because things are always gonna happen it's life yeah and and normalizing just because there's you go through your work day and you go through you know you go on a date you go on your workout class you do this thing you go on a vacation there's no in this 
a country and this culture, easy, normalized way to just talk about this. So that's what we're also adding to it. Like what we hope this is, you're listening and it feels like you're talking to us or listening to the conversation. But Mads, to go off something you said about like that grief hierarchy almost of feeling like, well, my dad was closer, so he must be sadder, which means my grief isn't as significant. And I think that's something from like, you know, lightly what I've seen and heard that is really common. And we think about that too. Like I feel like my dad, that was his person and he's the one who was living with her every day. And I'm aware of that when talking to him about my feelings because in my head too, I'm like, well, he has it more presently worse. And I'm sure my cousins who were her nieces and nephews feel like, oh, well, my grief isn't like that because you're her kid. And I think, yes, of course, to some degree, there is a slight hierarchy that's there, but understanding that everyone's experience is valid and everyone's grief and grief experience is valid. And I think that would be an interesting topic to dive further into. Kathy, you've had more years of experience kind of with it, with the grief hierarchy thing. Have you experienced that too? Honestly, this I'm going to tie it back to the Option B book because this was talked about in that book. Um, they don't really explain it as a hierarchy, but more so rings and that there is a center and a core. And it's just funny because I'm listening to you talk, but I can guarantee your dad is like, you're the core. Like his children are at the core and then he's surrounding you. But right, but you probably view it as like your dad is at the core and you're surrounding him. So it might be different from everybody, but the concept is that there's a core whoever is like closer connected to the grief and then the people around them are the rings so like your cousins would be the rings around them or your friends like closer friends are the rings around them their friends are the rings around them like you're supporting Kelsey how can I support you and it just becomes an extended like outward raise around this core which I thought was such a cool concept because you really do need to lean on the outer rings to help support you. Like it's all goes in towards the core. And Cheryl Sandberg talked about this, how her kids were at the core, but then her siblings were the ring around her and extended family members were the ring around them. Um, It's something that's been actually more helpful for me when taking care of somebody else and understanding grief and honestly didn't, doesn't really have to do with my grief per se, but I've been able to really witness it when I see like somebody else going through grief and how do I, I'm their ring supporting them and they're closer to the core. So how do I go and support that? So I think uh, that kind of was like one of my biggest takeaways from the book, honestly. Um, And if you're here too, like you might be not going through grief on your own, but supporting somebody else. And this is a resource for you too. And that is something that was really important into bringing this project to life is if you're trying to help somebody like understand where they're coming from, or you just want to help lift them up. Hopefully we can also provide some helpful tips for those people too. It's actually really funny that you say that, Kathy, because now, of course, you always think about things that have happened once you're talking about it. And um, I was on FaceTime with my sister this week, and she's talking about moving this summer. And I was like, oh, I'll come help you move and help you pack up because I lived in that house too. And she's like, I've got Papa's dresser, and I've had Papa's dresser since I was little, and I know that Dad's going to want it whenever I go. And I said, no, he's not. He's not going to want it. I was thinking about it, and when Papa was 
passed away and they were going through his hats. I really wanted his Cubs hat. I didn't realize it was his favorite Cubs hat and my dad gave it to me. And my dad let me have the, his favorite hat and have like, my dad let me have his planner. And my dad gave me these things. But in the moment, I didn't really put it together that it's similar to what you're saying, Kathy. It's like I was his core or I whatever, how it works. And it's funny because now I'm like, no, like dad's not going to ask for the dresser. Dad's going to want you to have it because that's how he's handling it. Although it's like in her mind, she's like, I know I should give it to him. And she's like, no, he should, you know, it's just, it's very interesting that you mentioned that because I had never heard that analogy before. We just talked about it in the last 30 minutes. And um, I recently had a conversation, no matter if it was five years ago that Papa passed away. Um, similar to my sister, we were talking about those rings, but not really realizing we were talking about those rings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know, Kelsey, have you had any kind of experience like that? Yeah. And now you make me want to actually read the book and not just watch the interview. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you actually read the book. <laughs> I, I would have gotten even more out of it. So I'll add it to my list and actually read it. Um, but no, I, I like the ring analogy more than the hierarchy analogy. And because every it, it shows more the complexities of it because everyone has their own ring. The person has their own ring. And I because like I, I feel the grief for her childhood best friends and I feel the grief for their family and I feel the grief for her sisters. And I feel the you know, I feel the grief for my sister and I feel the grief for my dad on top of my own. And and knowing and also realizing and feeling so lucky that like those rings for each of us operated uh, that actually have the perfect example. So we, a few weeks after she passed, we decided to have her service. We were lucky that, you know, COVID restrictions allowed us to have one. And I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about this more later, but that was something I very much put my energy into immediately. Like I was the project manager and event planner of that service and every detail was going to be perfect. And we had a ton of people in our community. I can't express gratitude enough who stepped up and helped my best friend's family, let us host it at their house, all these wonderful things. But the night before the service, my dad, sister and I talked about, oh, we're so anxious. Like, how the hell is this real life? Why? Like, can't believe this is happening. And the night before, we each spent time with our core circles. So my dad went with some of his best friends who came and stayed in a house nearby. And he went and had dinner with them the night before. And some of my best friends, including, you know, one who drove down, I was with them. And my sister had, you know, one of her best friends who drove down. And it's, those were the people because we were relying on this, you know, our immediate circle. And the night before the service, we spent time with them. And then, of course, the morning of the service, it's the three of us and we go and we're with the immediate family and that's its own circle. But yeah, like I'm now seeing like almost drawn out on a map, all the circles and the chains. And it's really crazy to think how one person's passing causes such a ripple effect. And to your point, Kathy, of we hope that this is a podcast too for the people. Maybe you haven't lost someone personally really close to you. Maybe your best friend has, or maybe your girlfriend has, or maybe, and you want to be there. And I think it's just as important for them to be listening to this too. Yeah, for sure. So hopefully we can have some tidbits of helpful information for those people too. This doesn't just have to be if you lost somebody close to you. It can be you're trying to support somebody in your life. Um, And as Mad said, it doesn't always have to be heavy. It can be light. It can be funny. There are really ironic and awkward things that come up with grief all the time. I mean, hey, Kathy, your period came up within the first video of the podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, 
mean, that's just one of the many. It's, I mean, oh. and I have so many stories of that. But yeah, we can laugh. We can cry. It's a place to enjoy all of those moments together. And I say enjoy in a, yes, it's a twisted way, but enjoy because you share in them with other people. So again, this community is just something that I think is so important for people to have as we mentioned at the beginning, it can be isolating, but I do want people to feel closer together because they share some of these same experiences. Do we want to talk about some of the topics we've thrown out as what we hope to do for future episodes? And I know Mads noted we're going to at least start off going every other week, but just so everyone knows, it, we didn't even spend that much time and we were able to make such a long list of topics that we could easily go into. Um, there are so many things and as part of the process too, Kathy had each of us go through doing practice episodes as part of the trial period. So Kathy and I and Maddie and Kathy had practice doing it. I We did topics on weddings, everything about attending weddings, thinking about your own wedding, what that brings up. Mads and Kathy went into social media and all the posting. I think we can very much bring those two topics back. I know we've talked about impacting work, impacting dating and relationships, but we all brought different examples. So do you guys want to share more of some of the topics we hope to cover? Yeah, the traditional ones, I would say, you know, your classic Father's Mother's Day will be happily oh, in yeah. there. <laughs> There's Doozies, a lot with we'll, those. We'll hit those for sure. Yep. And the holidays and just maybe some other holidays too. I mean, you never know like what traditions centered or centered around like Valentine's Day or the 4th of July with the people that are really close to you. So I think those are traditional ones, but I know Mads had some other ideas too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing I know, and I feel like I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm sure that you guys and also our listeners are going to be like, shut the hell up. Like, we get it. Um, But I do, I I think that there's there's plenty of of things to talk about. We talked about weddings. We talked about big life events. We talked about what you do after, like with social media. We talk about services. We talk about all sorts of things, how it comes in waves. Um, One thing that I think is pretty cool, Kathy, I know that we kind of talked briefly about it is grief is heavy grief is death but grief can also be a pet grief can be you losing a job grief can be you losing a relationship a best friend a boyfriend a father that didn't pass away but you just don't have a relationship with anymore um you can grieve everything in all different kinds of ways and i think that that's something that's really important as we make this conversation so um conversational for lack of a better word but as we as we be open in trying to you know really process all the things you feel as a human and all the things that all of us feel as a human. I know that, you know, my little nephew is seven and he doesn't know what it's like to lose somebody, but he knows what it's like to lose his, um, his fish and his hermit crab. And to him, those things see like beach ball, Steve, the hermit crab was traumatizing. Um, but I think that in, even so it's, something that you feel in all ways of life in all ages, all like everything. I mean, you, I even feel it at work sometimes with clients, you could feel it with clients, you can feel it with really anything that it's such a heavy overall feeling that doesn't have to be heavy. And that doesn't have to, like, you don't, I don't feel like you don't have to feel guilty about feeling the way you feel about anything, let alone grieving someone who's still alive or a relationship if someone hurt you. Um, so I think that really just unpacking the definition of grief kind of, and kind of how it impacts every walk of life and everybody, um, is something that I'm really excited to dive into a little bit more. Yeah, it's like, it sounds on the surface, it's a podcast on grief, like, oh, that's so niche. But 
unfortunately, sadly, like it's something that at some point in your life, like everyone's going to be going through. Um, and to add to what you said, Mads, about not being like scared to talk about it or embarrassed. It's like grief is already so heavy and complicated and intertwined. If you add shame on top of that, you're double layering a horrible thing on top of a horrible thing. And I know Brene Brown, like I had mentioned, she talks so much about shame and how shame can't survive if you speak about it, right? Shame thrives in being silent and being in your head. And that's hopefully what this can help with because you can't feel shame if there's, if you speak about it and there's empathy matched with it. And that's exactly what this is and what we hope people can feel like. And you said, laugh about stuff. Like I know the dark humor thing maybe isn't for everyone, but I think it's sometimes, you know, the way to cope about stuff. Like, you know, one day, I was talking to my dad on the phone and I was like, oh, I got this weird thing in the mail. He's like, well, you'll never guess what I got in the mail. I got something asking for life insurance for mom. Like it was like an ad being like, sign her up for life insurance. And it's so horrible. (laughs) You have to laugh about it. And that's sometimes the only way you can push through or get through. And we all know this is a safe space and it's a way, again, to just kind of process it and deal with it. And want it to be something everyone's comfortable listening to. I know, Kathy, you've talked about the humor side of things a little bit, too. And some people on the outside maybe can be like, ooh. But you're like, no, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I have people that, like, consistently use the Dead Dads Club reference with us, with me, all the time. And I feel like when I've kind of made that joke with other people, they get so awkward and like kind of just shy away from like, ooh, like, is that funny? They don't know whether to laugh. And I'm like, no, it's hilarious that she, that <laughs> she's introducing me to a friend and is saying she's also pet, part of the Dead Dads Club within the first minute of me like knowing this person. But it really is just like a connection and kind of a bond and instantly you have with that person and that was kind of like the takeaway. But yeah, no, I mean, I... I don't shy away from the humor. There are so many TikToks out there about uh, loss and grief and dead parents and that club. So, and I enjoy listening and viewing them. So I'm sure there are a bunch that I could bring up on here too later on, but definitely. I mean, if you look at it, like what? We didn't know each other. I mean, Kathy, we, I mean, I know you knew Kathy a little bit before, but like Kelsey and I didn't even know each other's names a month ago. And <laughs> no. now here we are talking about really deep, intimate things. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that that's even just a testament to the fact that we all, we all go through it. We all deal with it. Why not link up and walk through the fire together? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great sentiment to kind of end on. And I feel just really excited and grateful. Like you said, excited such a weird word, but I am I'm excited for the opportunity to do this and to do it with you guys and you know, we're you know, bear with us. We all have never hosted a podcast before, so we're we're doing this completely on our own. Shout out to um Alyssa Royce who is helping edit the podcast and we're very grateful. We do Yay, have an Instagram page. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Alyssa. <laughs> thank you, Alyssa, MVP. Um, we do have an Instagram page, the morning crew at the morning crew. Um, Mads was super smart in the moment we thought of the name, just lock, <laughs> locked it in immediately. And so follow us there and we're excited. We to get also this have going. an email address um, and a we Facebook do. group. So if you have any questions, if you're interested in maybe coming on and talking about something, if you have any topics you have us, if you just want to connect and something resonated with you, um, 
feedback, anything we could do better. Um, shoot us an email. It's also the morning crew at gmail.com, I believe, but we'll put that in the bio as well as some resources for um, mental health and things that you might need if if you're feeling a little bit heavier this week. So And reminder, yeah. morning is spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G <laughs> yes. because we have the play on words going on. <laughs> We're clever like we that. We are real clever. A bunch of marketing girls. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a bunch of marketing girls. And just the, the cup of coffee, That just a quick final note, it's there because we want it to feel casual enough that you could have a cup of coffee or have a drink while talking about this stuff. I mean, hey, it's 1025 here, so you never know, and I'll pull out a glass of wine I while we're talking, will so feel free to join me. <laughs> not judge anyone that would have liked to have oh. a glass of wine while listening. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So thank you, guys, and I'm excited. Yay. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. So excited. Mm-hmm.